All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing's nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth-building market insights. Driver and uh, yo, this is Bull Bear Radio. Uh, it's number 64. Um, you know, so uh, as always, Don Schreiber here joining me uh, as uh, the market guru, the dividend doctor, the dividend guy. You know, Barnes and Noble apparently is, is having some trouble. They might, uh, they, they're down today, readjusted their outlook. They're not selling enough of your books, apparently. Stay afloat. I certainly don't think my books are going to save them. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't think the sales for my books are going to save them. Or I, anyone else. I, I don't. I don't know, man. You know, uh, market seems to have a very serious hangover. Can't decide, man. Like, is today a good day? Is today a bad day? Hey, dude, dude. Everybody dude, wants. Where's my return? Everybody it, like wants more good news, return, man. They want more good news. Can't find they don't return. want good news. They want great news. They want spectacular news, phantasmagorical news. That's a lot of. That's a lot of news. So I think you know, from a hangover perspective, investors were pulling a ton of money out of the markets in Q4. At the bottom, I must say. Mom and pops missed out on the rally. Buy high, cash, sell low, baby. Cash on the sidelines in Q1. Actually still taking money out of stocks. On the, all the way on the, the rally up, they're taking money out. They've been taking money out since 2008 and 2009, too. Yeah, I know. I just don't get this. I mean, know? all the money that's gone into stocks has been uh, corporate buybacks almost. People, people are worried, you know. International they, investors, corporate Russell buybacks. Two, Russell 2000 just went back into a correction within the last few days. Ouch! You know? Ooh! Back into a correction. Oh! Right? So first correction of uh, 2019 uh, for a major index uh, in the United States, Russell 2000. Correction. Check it. So people are worried about risk. They're worried about uh, a potential for recession. They're worried about risk, finally. And, and, and people are also worried about, I think, a reversion, uh, you know, back to a the lows what? of December, right? Oh. But Price reversion. But as you just uh, sent me an article, there was this dude on Advisor Perspectives today talking about something much worse. Yeah. Jill Mislinsky. I believe that's what you pronounce. Yeah, whatever. From Doug Short, right? Yeah. She she does fantastic work, by the way. She was uh, uh, putting together a little bit of a uh, stocks are overvalued and an analyst opinion and uh, charted it up and uh, showed that the stock market is still extremely overvalued. Yeah, by like a hundred percent. And if earnings are going to fall into negative territory as forecast. The market's going to get even more overvalued if it doesn't correct more. So, you know, uh, market. That's been, one of the things wrong with the market, man. Yeah, market's been selling off, small and mid cap especially. I mean, and, and some swings today. Like earlier today, uh, small and mid cap was down like 2%. Hey, man, I can tell Instead you. Instead of the lunchtime power fade, it had like a lunchtime power up, came back a little bit. And we've seen that the last couple of days. But I mean, there's been more selling pressure over the last few days. 
Uh, value over the last week or so has been outperforming growth uh, in this market sell-off. Uh, it Amen. seems like people might be hunkering down for... Here- a little, uh, you know, reversion to, uh, you know, December's lows. Well, here's what's wrong, man. I can tell you, you know, we had a really pretty good quarter. We beat expectations for the most part. Most stocks that, you know, beat uh, have done well. Yep. Uh, you know, we're right at the end of earnings season, so there's no more good news to be had. And everyone's staring at what looks like uh, some really uh, slippery slope on the downside here. Uh, first quarter market uh, marked the, the biggest percentage decline. So this is the, the first quarter so far marked the biggest percentage decline in bottom-up EPS estimates over the first two months of a quarter uh, for the last three or four years. But the big number here is minus 8%. So since the beginning of the year, 1231 of 18, right, January 1st, um, earnings estimates are down... 8.4%. That's not good. And, you know, some of the darling uh, industry sectors that have done so well over the last few years, energy, you know, has produced tremendous uh, earnings coming off of, uh, you know, low-priced earnings and uh, energy environment. You know, oil, barrel of oil got down to about 30 bucks and then bounced off that. And it stayed pretty high in the 50s and 60s so far is looking like it's going to contract in terms of earnings uh, per share for the energy sector, about 32%, followed uh, by materials down 15. And information technology, and this is a market leader, guys, down 8.2%. So those are the three top uh, sectors that are going to slide the most in the coming quarter, according to analyst estimates, man. All right, so check this out. I'm going to run some stuff past you here, just to to give you an idea of where the S and P 500 actually ended up in terms of uh, earnings and revenue. Earnings 12.05 percent uh, growth, uh, you know, year over year here, pretty pretty good. And uh, revenue, 5.98%, also pretty strong, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, looking like we are going to go towards uh, more towards 5%, uh, almost right on the button, uh, revenue growth next quarter, and almost a negative 5% in uh, earnings. Now, you can comment on that in one second, Don, but I want to run this past you too, right? Because uh, last week, maybe or the week before, we were talking about the Russell 2000. Some new news here, right? So earnings growth is 8.89%. Revenue growth, 6.71%. So revenue growth, 6.71%. Uh, a little over 1,600 of the 2,000 almost companies reporting here. Now, the one thing that I noticed here is that, man... The, the revenue growth is still, for, for next quarter, the estimate is above 30%. I mean, 30, 30 plus percent, it's almost like, it, it's high, right? I'd have to get the number, but it's above the 30% line. However, earnings growth is going to turn negative now for Russell 2000 companies next quarter. It seems a little incongruent yeah, to somebody, me. That, that, somebody's that, not doing the math right. So it seems like that's what I thought. I thought somebody's not, you know, even if you had margin, margin contraction and which, which we don't have. Right. So the one, of it's the a things, huge jump in revenue. Hey, I just one, don't of the, get it. one of the things that's surprising to me is, you know, profit margins uh, have held up 
you know, everybody's worried about, you know, margin uh, uh, contraction and margin slipping and companies increasing revenue, mm-hmm. but, you know, doing so at the expense of profits. Yeah, well, Doesn't that, look like that. Well, so so for Q1 2019, you're talking 30 plus percent revenue growth. Q2 is forecasted above 40 and, and Q3 of 2019 is also forecasted above 40. Man, I hope they're right. That that'd be that'd be uh, you know small midcat stock returns. This is according good. to Bloomberg. Like I didn't cook oh, up man. these numbers, man. This is in like something I'm I pulling hope out right. of the. You know, one of the two things is wrong. Either the revenue growth picture is wrong, or the earnings picture is wrong. So which one do you think is wrong? <laughs> Too close to call. I'm not weighing in on that. Oh, you're not weighing in on that. That's a trap. I think they're both wrong. I, I just, I <laughs> I just actually got think you. they're both wrong. So I think earnings are probably too high, and I think the revenue is really overstated. So look, we were talking a little bit about GDP, and the GDP number came in stronger for Q1, right? But I, I took a, another look at the Atlanta Fed GDP Now forecasting tool, which has kind of got a lot of real-time information in it. It's got a lot of data that flows into this thing. It's kind of real-time. Man, you Now, been- it, it fell off a cliff. It went from in January, uh, really close to touching 3% growth. It's staying above 2.5% through mid-February. Now it's at 0.522 as of the latest reading here in March. I mean, it's fallen off a cliff. It's bounced off the bottom. A half of 1%? That's what it's saying. Yikes. So Q1, you know, on an average basis right now, you're probably looking at a number that's going to be in the you know, one and a half percent range uh, because you're just taking kind of closer to three and zero. It's about one and a half percent. It's forecasting at the moment, probably on a Q1 number. Is it fact or fiction? This is this fake news or or do you think the Atlanta Fed's onto something here with GDP and Q1 being back under the two percent handle? Oh, I think it's going to be under two percent. I don't know if it's going to hit, you know, that one point five percent uh, number. I certainly don't think we're going to see a half uh, a percent growth in uh, GDP. Now, you have to remember that, you know, Q1 GDP is always soft, mm-hmm. right? Last year it was... So you're thinking last more, year, more in the 2% range. Last year it was 2.4, then we went to 4, then we went to 3.5, then we went down to 2.9 or something like that. Right. You know, so the first quarter typically is your softest, weakest GDP growth quarter. I can imagine it might be in the, you know, 1.8, 1.7% range. I think it's going to be under so, 2. So no contraction here. No no actual dip into negative territory. For GDP? For GDP no, in Q1. I don't think so. Right? So no, no Q1 recession. You think there's any Q2? Hey, man, hope floats. I'm... A- I'm hoping that we don't get, so, you know, a contraction that so the, in GDP that's the, so hard that it gets to a negative number. Ooh, that'd be bad. And it's got to go for two quarters to be an actual recession. Yeah, but the market, the market would flip out if that flip. happened. Yeah, oh yeah. Now, now the ECB and We've other seen, news. We, saw, right? we just saw a, a, a melt up in the first couple of months, right? Where stock prices melted up higher. You want to see a meltdown? Yes. We get a negative GDP number, baby. Now, now the, the ECB and Draghi, right, said, man, they, they are Mr. Gonna, Draghi? They are going to- Mr. Draghi to you, bro. Fine, Mr. Draghi, okay? Mr. Draghi. So Mr. Draghi uh, came out and, and uh, basically said, look, growth forecast is looking bleak. Uh, we are going to resume- our quantitative easing bond buying program uh, 
you know, immediately, basically. Right. No surprise there. Here's the guy that said, you know, a few years ago, famously, that we are willing to do anything. Ta- mm-hmm. We'll take all steps well, that back. are necessary. He never left. And right. I'm glad he's there because I think this is the right move. So you know, they were going to make a policy mistake like the Fed did, you know, and start like raising. Fed. Yeah. And, and start raising rates. Rates to oblivion. You know, and yep. um, Assuming that, you know, a weak economy can suck up rate hikes, that's a really bad, bad assumption. Yes. So, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It's time for WBIY Now. Stated simply, WBI believes that our multi-factor high dividend process for the WBIY ETF is the most advanced smart beta approach in the marketplace today. WBIY tracks the Selective Power Factor High Dividend Index, which actively rebalances quarterly, setting in motion our multi-factor screening process to ensure that only the strongest dividend stocks pass through. WBIY has been designed to generate high dividend yields, protect against inflation, and provide consistent capital growth. For more on this and other WBI ETFs, visit WBI ETF. All right, and we're back. So uh, big news on the on the WBI front. We're going to take a, a time out here for a second, providing you with value-added content about markets, economy, and our uh, brilliant thoughts in regards to these subjects. Hey, man, this is really cool stuff. I think everybody would want to hear about this. Well, it is pretty cool. So WBI, there, there's a, you know, a group out there called Fund Intelligence. They do a lot of you know, uh, reporting on uh, mutual fund and ETF matters on a day-to-day basis. And uh, they have what's called the Mutual Fund and ETF Industry Awards. And uh, WBI happens to be up for four nominations. So four uh, finalists in four categories. And we're the little guys. We are really the little guys. This is is David against Goliath. Yes, yes, yes. You know, a lot of publicly uh, traded companies on on the short list. I mean, these are the biggest companies in the world. And little, little, uh, uh, the little engine that could, uh, like our our, uh, unbelievable unbelievably talented marketing group yeah oh my goodness yeah and uh up for the second time for social media leader of the year social media leader of the year wbi's marketing group and and now most of these companies that are also shortlisted probably have more employees in the marketing group right than we do as a company Uh, you bet so i mean that's that's no that's we ain't slouching, uh, you know, at all there. You oh, know? no, that team is really doing some good stuff. And then stuff. we're also, uh, and that's two years in a row, by the way. Whoa. And then uh, we're up for active ETF of, uh, of the year. Um, we, do have some second, active, we do have some active ETFs second, here. Second year in a row, same ETF. Whoa. Yeah, man. Um, and then uh, we're actually up with uh, our, our uh, Power Factor High Dividend ETF uh, for Smart Beta ETF of the year. And also, same ETF, uh, for ETF of the year, right? Wow. So we got, we got active ETF, yeah, which yep. is uh, WBI's uh, bull bear, uh, large cap, mm-hmm. yield, actively managed, mm-hmm. WBIG. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. That's two years in a row. Yeah, WBIY is up there too. Yeah, well, I'm I'm even more excited about that one because it's a you know a little bit newer fund, and you know it's our first pass of uh, Smart Beta ETF. You know, Man. 
quarterly rebalanced. We like that one. Yeah. Works good. So um anyway, on on to, you know, back back to the the news, you know, um you know, so the market's been trending down the last few days. I mean, the Russell 2000, you know, is down uh what what is it saying here? It's saying uh, uh, Russell two thousand down three point six percent over the last eight trading days, right? Showing some red, bleeding. Yeah, bleeding. Russell two thousand values down three point eight. Growth is down uh, three point four. Uh, large caps even even starting to sell off last eight days. Uh, Russell one thousand value down one point eight nine. Growth down one point five. If you shorten the time frame though. Growth has been doing a little worse the last few days than value. So value's hung in there a little bit more. <laughs> the last five days, man, in a row, been ugly. Mm. Ugly. You know what's ugly? What? The P.E. multiple on the S&P 500. Still at a 21. And I think maybe people didn't catch what you on were just saying. On a trailing basis, yep. But, but prices have moved higher here this year, right? Yep. Well, earnings growth rates and, and earnings per share have grown but not as much as the move higher melt up in prices. Yeah. So we've actually had an expansion of PE multiples here, and we're in sniffing distance again of, of a 22 almost. Yeah, market's getting more uh, overvalued. PE, even with the last few days decline. Hey, this this happened, you know, this happened it's before. 21 and change. In 15 and 16, you know, uh, we had a, a pretty big bleed off in terms of profit and revenue growth. We went into negative territory, you know, uh, six consecutive quarters there. And, uh, gee, you know, it didn't matter to uh, so, market participants because the Fed was supporting the market cycle. You know, Fed put was in that back then. Hey, the Fed put's still in, man. Fed, Fed put's in now. You know, the Fed uh, uh, chairman, you know, did a pretty big flip-flop. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, one of those gigantic belly flops off of the top of the high board, you know, into the pool. Kind of stung a little bit. But uh, I think it was the right thing to do. I think he, he showed some real courage uh, and conviction there. And, and taking and, the big belly flop for the market. Yeah, huh? and, and, you know, he, uh, uh, they backed off of their rate hike uh, situation, which we think was a really big policy mistake for them oh, you know to what? continue to do that. You know? you know what? It looks like synchronized diving to me because, right, you, first Powell, you know, jumps off the, the diving board and reverses course. Yeah. No more rate hikes. Bond buying uh, or a bond selling program. Not going to do that anymore, right? And then Draghi. Mr. Draghi. His partner now in crime, right? Yeah, he did. He, he did, gets up he did and it's like synchronized, synchronized diving, oh, right? Yeah. And he says, bond buying program is back, baby. Till till 2021. Whoa. At least. Whoa, that's a combination. Right. So you, you think that- Hey, any, man, everybody's afraid- You were talking Doug Short for a second. Yeah. Everybody's afraid about a reversion. Reversion to the December lows. Doug Short was saying, like, look, man, this is maybe much deeper than a reversion to the December lows. This could be like 30, 40, 50% decline based on the overvaluation that they see on their models. Sure, to get the reasonable value in this marketplace is, you know, going to hurt. It's going to, you're going to have hurt. to take a haircut. You know now, what? And what you and I were discussing this, though. You know, what Mr. Draghi and uh, uh, Chairman Powell and folks of that. In, in, in those positions around the world, big central banks. They're not going to let it happen, it They seems. are very worried about everybody doing a Japan deflationary dive into the, the, the pool. Mm -hmm. And deflation is like diving into the pool when there's no water in it. 
Right. That's going to really be a big problem. And so, you know, everybody's going to get loose here. Loose as a goose in terms of uh, interest rate policy and quantitative easing. Oh, baby. So we can get another leg up here. So the asset bubble does not burst. I so don't know, man. They don't want the asset you, bubble to burst. But this morning, you know, uh, Mr. Draghi really came out with a reversal in position. Our markets went up for about, I don't know, the futures, 30 seconds. Futures were positive, right? 30 seconds. And then, and then went down. Boom. So, you know, the, the big reversal, the big pivot um, uh, for the European Central Bank. It's not working for equities yet didn't really help today. So I'm not quite sure what the heck's going on there. Do you think people are just waiting on this China deal to get done and a few of these cross currents, as Chairman Powell would put it? You know, is, I, is that? I, yeah. I, so I number, hope, number I one hope that's is, true. But I think that, you know, most of the China deal, like a China deal and the certainty around the China deal is already pretty much priced into the market. I don't see a really big boost yeah, from that. Okay. So if you don't get a big boost from that, do we... Do we go lower here on growth concerns and such? And is the Fed too big a force to actually let the market fail? And when I say that fail, fail in, in terms of going down 40 or 50 percent, which it tried in December and Mnuchin, you know, calls up six, you know, six of the largest bank CEOs says, guys, are we going to be OK? And then a few days later, you have Powell and every, you know, Fed regional Fed chairman, you know, out there talking the market higher. I mean, it seems like you can't fight the Fed in this cycle. Well, I would I would agree. But I, I think that we'll have to see what happens. I think as we see the negative numbers, it's going to get uh, really touch and go a, a lot. Yep. Touch and go is good. You know, it's going to get pretty scary, a little shaky. You know, the Fed is going to have to get out. You know, they had nine speakers out. They're going to have to hire some more people and get, you know, more more people to speak and and uh, you know jawbone the market higher here, um, but I, I think that you know the Fed uh, can definitely uh, terminate their balance sheet rundown. That would help markets if you get that, and that coincides with a trade deal announcement mm -hmm. on a trade deal that looks like it could pass Congress because it's really pretty tight. Yep, man, you know we could avoid a downside. We could float on this. Hope floats, baby. All right. So you're thinking maybe maybe the hangover doesn't continue too long. Maybe hope will float here. I think we're going to take- Maybe these we're concerns take over recession and reversion to mean and, you know, uh, you know these, some of these risks goes away and hope will float and we don't see a massive market meltdown. So far, the, the uh, you know, in the investing community so I, has been do willing- Do I hear you agreeing with me? Yes. The investing community- Boy, that was the shortest yes ever. The investing community has been willing to follow the Fed's lead with, uh, you know, assuming that for sure they can bail us out of any trouble that comes along. The asset bubble has remained intact. Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw in December- Without the Fed, the market was heading lower, heading lower fast. Mm -hmm. The Fed intervenes. The market not only stops going down, but reverses course, and we get a 20% recovery. So that's, that's, that's a testament to how strong the market feels about Fed support. So, so if the Fed does stop you know, uh, drawing down their balance sheet and we get some trade policy, you know, that you could, could see be good. a strengthening of some of the economic numbers that have been soft, which have caused some of these concerns. If the numbers get 
anything gets to be really ugly and people ignore the implied backstop of the Fed put and Fed policy. Then it's then it, the market's toast. But, the market is really, really. But you're in thinking if if the 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 wind off, wind down in the balance sheet slows here, right? I think they pull rates it. stay rates stay where where they are. Yeah. That we might actually be able to stave off a pretty um, massive massive bear market. Yeah, I think the Fed will, uh, you know, could have a down 10, maybe Fed, a down 20 again, a revisitation, but it's not going to be Armageddon. Down 10 to 15, the Fed will, uh, you know, uh, be comfortable with that. I think down 15, they're going to jump into the marketplace. If you saw the market really trying to reverse and test new lows at down 20, I think the Fed would uh, terminate balance sheet roll down immediately. So they wouldn't wait till June. That's what, you know, the market's expecting. But, you know, they could do that next week. So what would you buy right here until hope starts to float? Well, you know, defensive names, as an example, today are uh, doing well. So you know, value. Your, your growth your growth trade is is really getting punished over the last, you know, week or two. And, uh, you know, I think that the... Uh, so you're saying get paid away. Buy, buy, uh, buy a couple of good stocks here, I've al- discounted, I've always get paid away. Big, big buy fan. Low, get in- paid away. In markets that are, uh, you know, having trouble, directional trouble, you want to get a high-quality, high-yielding, dividend-paying stock portfolio. You get paid to wait. It has a little bit less downside propensity because it's already a value portfolio. The stocks are down. That's why yields are high. Generally speaking, lower P.E. better here or higher P.E. or depends on the name? It really depends on the name. Definitely a stock picker's uh, environment. You can make some money in here. You have to, you know, the, the Fed... And the uh, market direction will determine whether uh, stock investing is any good. Bonds, they look pretty good here. Okay. You know, they look good. Much safer bet. Um, what, what kind of bonds do you like here? Uh, you know, high-yield bonds have been kicking it. They, they're, they're doing well. So Yeah. I mean, there's know, been a lot like, of talk about the, uh, the lower end of investment grade and some of those companies losing investment grade. You know, the yeah. borderline guys. So you're liking the high-yield yeah, better because there's not that risk there. You know, you'd have to have a, Is that right? a really big deterioration in business conditions before I would believe that high yield would sell off on credit concerns. All right. Hey, that is Bull Bear Radio number 64. See you next week. This is Bull Bear Radio, where each week you can count on our real market news and advice. Catch all of our podcast episodes at WBIinvestments.com. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations services and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc. 
Past performance does not guarantee future results. WBIY's investment objective seeks to provide investment results that correspond to the price and yield before fees and expenses of the Selective Power Factor High Dividend Index. An investment in the fund is subject to investment risk, including the possible loss of principal amount invested. High-yielding stocks involve risks. These companies can be paying out more than they can support and may reduce their dividends or stop paying dividends at any time, which could have a material adverse effect on the stock price of these companies and the fund's performance. Investors should consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses carefully before investing. For prospectus and summary prospectus, visit WBIShares.com or call 1-800-772-5810. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Foresight Fund Services Distributor. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.